they make it clear at every level that we are here to make a difference to our customers. And that's the bridge for empathy. That to say, we're here to close sales, close sales, close sales, and that's all we care about. Oh, but be empathetic. Mm. That's not going to work. Hey, welcome back to Stop Killing Deals, where I interview non-sales experts for outside perspectives, and then I speak to a sales development expert to circle back to insights and ideas that salespeople and their leaders can use on a daily basis. Today, I will be talking to Lisa Earl McLeod about the topic of empathy in sales and sales leadership. Lisa has written five best-selling books and is a popular speaker known for her authenticity and humor. Her work has been featured in Forbes, Fortune, and the New York Times, and I'm pretty sure I even saw her work on Oprah. So with that said, welcome, Lisa. Such a pleasure to be here. Great to have you. I love your background. It's so professional. Uh, and intellectual and interesting. I want to know exactly what you're reading. <laughs> this tells you everything you need to know about me. A zillion esoteric books, meticulously Ooh, nice height. color-coded. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So thanks for joining us. And the topic of the day is empathy. And uh, specifically, of course, empathy in selling. Why is it important? What is it? And maybe we start there. Like what is empathy according to you? Empathy, why don't we say according to the customer? Oh, good. Nice reframe. Empathy is when a customer sees that a seller truly understands them. Mm -hmm. Truly understands them at a deep level and is all in for them. And a lot of times people think that if a seller is empathetic to the customer it means they'll give away the store, they'll sell low margin right. deals, they'll just get walked all over. Uh -huh. That is not true. That is the lowest level baseline reactive empathy. Yeah. Effective sales empathy is when the customer feels seen and heard and understood, and they know that you are all in for them mm -hmm. and you are helping them achieve their goals. That sounds so logical and achieve, maybe achievable, I, I, I wanted to say, but I know how hard it, it might be. Mm -hmm. uh, so what would you say stands in the way then to get your customer to see and hear and feel that, that, that you really truly understand them? The number one thing that stands in a seller's way of that connection with the mm -hmm. customer is what's in the seller's own brain. Uh -huh. And it is the drumbeat of I have to close this deal. I have to close this deal. I have to close this deal. Often put there by the seller's fear or yeah. put there by their manager. And so what we have to do if we want our sellers to be empathetic is we have to quiet the fear. And you have to understand, like picture a customer. One seller shows up thinking, I have to close this deal. I have to close this deal. They're not going to ask a question. They're going to go, see, look what I got. Look what I got. Yeah. <laughs> Picture another seller who's who has put in their head and had their manager put in their head, your job is to help the customer and figure out the best way to help them. Mm -hmm. That seller's going to be more curious because mm -hmm. curiosity is a part of empathy. If I don't know you, I'm not going to have any empathy for you. Right. So that seller's going to be more curious. That seller's going to lean in. And I think one of the reasons why empathy has been so eroded in sales 
is because the organization focuses on the number, Mm -hmm. the target, rather than the impact on the customer. And we know that focusing on the impact on the customer and getting that in your seller's head is a leading indicator. And the numbers actually follow that. They're a lagging indicator. Overemphasizing a lagging indicator erodes empathy. That's interesting because how, how do you then think that we should manage uh, compensation differently than it's done today? Because I think the, the uh, in my head, what pops up is, yes, fear. I need to make the sale, but maybe the motivation behind making the sale is getting that compensation, right? Because you get a compensation when you close the sale. Uh, on the large scale, I don't think we need to manage compensation that differently. Mm-hmm. And here's why. What we need to do, if you are making big sales and contributing to the customer's success and your company's success, you should be compensated. Mm -hmm. But here's what's happening is the reason salespeople are so focused on the compensation is not because they're bad people. It's because that's become the corporate narrative. Mm -hmm. That's become the story. And we're all going to get this deal. We're all going to get this big commission. So instead, what managers can do And we have documented this very well in Selling with Noble Purpose, the book, when managers lead with, let's talk about how we make a difference to customers. Let's talk about the stories about how we've improved customers' lives and made their life faster, easier, better, more efficient, Uh whatever it may be. And if you want to evoke empathy, you have to do it with specificity. Mm -hmm. So instead of just saying, hey, we make customers' lives faster, you want to bring in a customer. You know, and that's yep. why Maria's work on empathy is being so popular because people want to understand it more. Um, yeah. So you've got to bring in an actual customer and say, this is how we made their life better. Then say, now we need to find 100 more of those people. Mm-hmm. And if we do that, we will be well compensated. But it's what is the leader pointing the people to? As what our studies have shown is the top performing sellers who sold the most, sold the most high margin deals, who made the most money were the ones who had this noble purpose where they wanted to improve life for customers. And it's because they saw their customers as real life human beings and they were all in for helping them. So they led with that. They they didn't, we think of empathy as, Oh, something bad happened to you. I'm so sorry. Oh, that's part of it. But it's wow. Something good for could happen to you. And I want to, I see you, I see you wanting something good to happen. I would help you with that. Isn't that though more, because that was one of my questions that I've been uh, ask, uh, thinking about uh, asking you, uh, the the difference between empathy and sympathy. Mm-hmm. It sounded al- almost like you, what you expressed there as an example was uh, sympathy for yeah. someone, which is yeah. different, right? Which is different, which is appropriate in many situations. Sympathy is when I, um, your mother died and I went to the funeral and man, I feel so bad for you. Right so bad for you. Um, Empathy is I am connected to you. And it could be because you're facing a challenge or a problem. It could be because you've got an opportunity. Mm -hmm. But I see you. I see what's troubling you. I see what's possible for you. And, And I'll give you the shortcut reason why this has become crucial for salespeople. Mm-hmm. We had a client who's the um, chief of staff for a, a large bank. And yep. she said, so she gets lots of sales calls on her. People yep. sell her all kinds of stuff. She said, what was annoying 
in person is intolerable on Zoom. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> yeah. 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 So this all about me sales call was yeah. a little annoying in person, but at least if we shook hands and we sat down mm. and we had some niceties, it wasn't horrible. But on Zoom, yeah. oh my God, shoot me now. <laughs> and so that's why leaders, the way you build up empathy uh-huh. in your team is not go tell them all you need to be empathetic. Right. There are actually three things that you can do very specifically to build up empathy on your team. Okay. And one is storytelling. Yep. Storytelling about how you make a difference to customers where the customers are the star of the story. <laughs> Not the yeah. The customers. The second thing is bring in individual customers so people can put a name and a face with we help people like this, like right. Susan, who has a business. That's who we help. So they can mm-hmm. put it. That'll trigger empathy. And then the third thing is do customer prototypes that are really specific and they include emotions and they include names. Mm. Like those are three things that leaders can do that will just create an empathy in their sellers because empathy starts from seeing the other person as a real life human being. Mm. It's interesting also the... Um the words you use, like see, hear, uh, feel that mm-hmm. someone understands me. Uh, the, the, I think the power of words is really important in order to mm-hmm. have someone understand that you have understood them. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's easy to get trapped in sort of using a template to display mm-hmm. empathy, uh, mm-hmm. whereas you really need to be there and actively listening, right? And it goes back to your curiosity, like what's the yeah. state of mind you have to have in a meeting to really get into that feeling of em- empathy. Yeah. So I think active listening for me is something that salespeople, because there many are just listening in order to do the to to know when the timing is right to do the pitch. Yeah. Uh, they're not. They're listening, listening for the opening. Yeah. And, and I do want to say something again to the leaders because it's very easy to say, there's a couple things that we say to salespeople. We've said, mm-hmm. have strategic conversations with your customers, listen to your customers, have empathy for your customers. And all of those things need to happen, but the heavy lift doesn't just have to be on the part of the seller. The behavior change doesn't just have to come internally from the seller, because if we are there in a meeting and yeah. we are saying, we need to close these deals. We need a hundred million this month. We've got to do, there's nothing wrong with that. You maybe you do need a hundred million, mm-hmm. but what the leaders need to do is they need to spend at least 50%. This is one of the things we recommend. And we've seen yeah. a huge difference in our customers with this. 50% of your airtime should be spent talking about how you improve life for customers with specificity and with emotion, because you're creating the story. That's like me telling, um, imagine I'm teaching a class for new parents. Mm -hmm. And I say, the number one thing is your toddlers have to do these behavioral things. We've got to hit these test scores. They've got to be on time. They've got to know how to dress themselves. And oh, by the way, you need to be um, empathetic and patient and kind. But instead, if I say, let me tell you about the inner life of a toddler and what's happening in their brain right now. Let me tell you about what it feels like to struggle to tie your own shoes. Yeah. (laughs) That's me seeding in you a deep understanding of these other people. Because one of the things that 
helps people be empathetic is mm-hmm. actually business acumen. Yep, definitely. So if you come and tell me, we'll go back to our toddler example. If you come and tell me I've got a two-year-old, I happen to know a lot about two-year-olds because yeah. I've been the parent of two of them. <laughs> yeah. And so my subject matter expertise is going to help me ask better questions of you. Yep. It's going to help me understand you more. So we worked with one client and they were calling on um, chief infection control nurses. They sold who ended up being really important. This was a couple of years ago. And so we did a simulation where they got to spend a couple hours in the life of one and what the decisions they face, the problems they face. And that was a game changer Mm -hmm. because then they understood, oh, this is the person. So leadership plays a big role in upping the empathy quotient. So one thing that I come to mind that comes to mind when you when you share that um, that the we want the salespeople to have mm-hmm. the customer in mind, of course, the, yeah. the best interest of the customer in mind is that in in longer sales cycles, uh, I I guess something that the salesperson can feel is that I won't really know or be the one delivering what I'm mm-hmm. selling. Mm-hmm. So how can I? Uh, really communicate that in 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 an empathetic way. Mm-hmm. Like my work is done when they sign the papers. I'm right. not going to be delivering this product or service. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess the the question. This is more of a leadership question, I guess. Um, how do we get the salespeople to see beyond the deal and really? Mm-hmm. Because you mentioned we don't really have to touch the compensation, but what if we did? What if we actually compensated on delivering on those promises they made? Yeah. Well, the reason I say that we don't have to touch the compensation, the operative phrase there is have to. Mm -hmm. Because moving the compensation is based on the faulty assumption that salespeople are primarily motivated by money. Uh And in our studies, top performing salespeople, combine the money and the meaning. Yeah. And so the reason I say you don't have to move the comp is that's that you're starting from the wrong premise of we'll we'll move the comp and then, you know, everything will change. Mm -hmm. Having said that, rewarding people on short term gain creates a climate where empathy will be eroded. So what we see in the best companies is yes, salespeople are commissioned or comped on closing deals. And there's some form of compensation for the whole company around customer retention and things like that. And so so I'll give you the example of the way this works. Um, we all know the Wells Fargo example. Not sure and, I do. I'm Swede, you know. <laughs> oh, right. Wells Fargo. So I'll tell the short story version of Wells yeah, Fargo. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Their CEO said cross-selling is our strategy. It is the essential, is the linchpin of our strategy. And all the salespeople at Wells Fargo, which is a bank, were incentivized to get a bigger share of wallet from the customer. Uh So if I've sold you a checking account, I need to sell you a mortgage. If I've sold you a mortgage, I need to sell you this. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense, but everything in the organization was focused on sell more, sell more to the customers, bigger share of wallet, bigger shares of wallet. So they commoditize their customers. Yeah. So then the sellers started faking accounts. This is a big scandal. Started fake, wow. setting up fake accounts and all this. Mm-hmm. We have a bank that we work with where sellers get compensated on mm-hmm. their sales. But the purpose of the bank is we fuel prosperity. Okay. Find out what prosperity is for your customers. 
mm-hmm. try and help them become more prosperous. It, like the the lexicon and the way the leadership talks is very, very different. At the meeting, they say, how many people we help fuel prosperity this week? Woohoo! Yeah. Tell us about one of them. Oh, you helped a guy that owns a dry cleaning store? Get a loan and do that. Let, let's hear about him. Mm. So it's a completely different experience. And they do have some group compensation goals where everyone gets right. comp on the group. Yeah. But, but the reason I use this point is they make it clear at every level that we are here to make a difference to our customers. And that's the bridge for empathy. Yes. That's the bridge for empathy that to say, we're here to close sales, close sales, close sales. And that's all we care about. Oh, but be empathetic. Mm. That's not work. <laughs> how, how do you think then empathy can get us closer to understanding motivation for clients? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is, that's the linchpin. Because if I am trying to understand you mm-hmm. and what you, the only way I can have some empathy for you, if you notice what you respond to with empathy are stories. If I were to show you one in five children go hungry, uh, this many children have this problem, mm-hmm. you go, oh, it's really sad. But if I show you a picture of one, oh my gosh, your heart starts to, yeah, like you, yeah. you feel the empathy. Yeah. So same thing with clients is when we, teach sellers to one, do their homework. Mm -hmm. I'm calling on a VP of HR for a company. I need to know the typical things that those customers worry about, think about. I need not just from my product lens, but I need to know some examples of what three of them look like. Then when I go in as a seller, I can say something like, um, you know, Mr. Head of HR, a lot of people in your business right now are really challenged with employee engagement because everybody's home and you don't know people are drained. Mm -hmm. How are you handling that here? Mm -hmm. Then you tell me. So I start with a question that shows I understand your landscape, just like the parent of a toddler. Yeah. I know getting one out the door is really hard. How are you getting yours out the door? Like, so I start showing, I know the landscape. Then I ask a question, how are you doing it? And, Mm -hmm. and, and, that's how you make someone feel seen and heard is by actually seeing and hearing them. Yeah, exactly. And and that sounds very simple. It's but simple, I, but it's not easy. It's not easy. And and I think it, it, it has to go beyond that. It has to be, go beyond a tactic. And I like what you shared when uh, this is tied to a company's mission, right? Yes. And if it comes from the top down and it's all aligned, I think that's when it feels congruent and, and, mm-hmm. and, uh, um, sort of uh, not like a tactic because I, I, as soon as it feels like someone is cr- doing a play <laughs> yeah. or, or running a, a checklist on me, uh, I, I, I mean, that's, you lose the empathy. Uh, you lose. Customers uh, are reading your intent. Yeah. And so if, and it, it does, it is best if it starts at the top. If you were an individual sales manager listening to this, don't wait for the top. <laughs> like you can do this right now. And the way that you can do it is in your sales meeting, ask your sellers, how many customers did we help this week? Mm-hmm. Give me an example of one of them. Tell me more. How is that going to help them? How is that going to help them? Yeah. Get one of your sellers to start talking about, and I had this customer and she was frustrated with this and that, and we're helping her and say, turn to the rest of the group on your Zoom call and say, that's amazing. Yeah. 
This we live for moments like this. Yeah. Helping seller, helping customers like this. I don't ever want you guys to think this is work doesn't matter. So go out and find some more customers to help and bring me back some more stories next week. Like you can do that as an individual sales manager. Because if people are buying from you, you're helping them in some way. Otherwise, you wouldn't have a business. What you want to do is lift up that customer impact. We call it the noble purpose. Uh You want to lift up the noble purpose. And what that does is it humanizes all the customers. Mm -hmm. Because if we talk about customers as, well, you know, customer A gave us 50,000, customer B gave us 75,000, customer C, we're trying to close them. They customers become these anonymous things. And it becomes really hard for the salespeople to have empathy. Mm. The best salespeople will because it's innate in them, but you can lift it up. And there was a study from a very famous Wharton professor, I'll give you an example, Adam Grant. Uh-huh. And he was working with a call center. They did this study with a call center where the people had to call up custom, call up uh, potential donors for a university. So it's a really hard job. You want to call yeah. up and say, hey, yeah. can you give me some money for the university? A lot mm-hmm. of rejection, hard job. Yeah. They brought in people that had been the recipients of the money mm-hmm. and they told their stories that had been the, all this money they're trying to raise that these people had gotten these grants. I used the grant to do this. Here's what I did. The group right. that heard the stories of the people that received the grants, their performance went up. They made more calls and got more money than the group that didn't hear the stories. Like legit. Yeah. Like that's all that happened was they told the stories of the recipients yeah. and the group had better performance and yeah. is in the same job. And that's directly related to empathy. Mm. Cause now I'm doing something human. Yeah. That's a good point. So if you look at the uh, empathy within the sales team, if mm-hmm. now we've been talking a lot about having empathy for, with your customer, but what yeah. about on the sales team? Like we, we know there's other? a, yeah, for each other and 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 the sales manager towards salespeople, I guess, and leader towards managers. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of, like you said, the pushing, like making the number. That's all we're not all we are talking about, but that's sort of the the atmosphere in many sales organizations. It's the narrative. It's the, the story. narrative. The story. Let's get make the number. This quarter is very uh, short term. Mm-hmm. So how can we? So you've shared already a few examples, but I guess the mindset. From a, yeah. from a manager. If if I'm in that sort of uh, hamster wheel right now, how can I get out of it? What what? How do I change my mindset? Yeah, and and this is such a good point. Doing it to each other. Yeah. First, first, and one of the things, one of the reasons we don't do it, I don't think it's because we're bad people. Because I think if anyone hears about someone's had a tragedy, we do respond with empathy. We yeah. know that. But the reason that we tend to coarsen ourselves on a regular basis and not respond to empathy, not respond with empathy, is simply because we're overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. We're overwhelmed, and I've got my number, and I've got this, and I've got that, and I've got these sellers, and I've got to tell them this, and I've got to tell them that. Yeah. So I'm going to give the overwhelmed sales manager a little secret here. Nice. Empathy is actually a shortcut. It feels like you don't have time for it. But mm-hmm. when people feel seen and heard, it doesn't take that long. When people feel seen and heard, you connect faster and the rest of your words can become more efficient. If you've ever had the experience of someone deeply listening to you, you'll see that you start to become more articulate. 
You know, if you'll just be blathering, blathering about something and then they lean in and they say, well, tell me more about that. You go, yeah. oh, this is a real conversation. Oh, really? <laughs> oh I, don't, I better say something good here. And you don't even really think that it just happens. Yeah. And so one of the things that we have found with a lot of the sales leaders that we coach is if you if you're doing regular meetings, all you have to do is a check in. And you need to model transparency. The best way to uh, show empathy is to create an environment where you're being vulnerable and transparent. Mm -hmm. It's hard to be empathetic if people don't share anything with you. Yeah. yeah. So it is okay. We have this idea that that if we just push people, push people, push people, they'll do more and more and more. Well, we mm -hmm. know that's not true. Right. But if you can, as a leader, one of the leaders that we coach says every week at the start of the, at the weekly, you know, roundup, the meeting that we do, we do a check-in and uh -huh. he says, I'm he models it. And he says, you know, this week I was so excited about this, but I'm also really struggling with my attention span. I'm really struggling. I'm on zoom fatigue and I'm really struggling. I used to be so excited when I came in the office and we were all together. And now it's just one Zoom call after the next. And it's hard to figure out which ones are important and which ones aren't. Mm -hmm. And I'm struggling with that. And so I just wanted to share you guys. I'm doing my best. I want to share that with you guys. Like, start with that. Right. That's like, not hard, but it can feel hard, I guess. It can always feel hard to be a bit vulnerable. It feels hard and it feels inefficient. Mm -hmm. And so what I will tell you as a leader is it may be hard for you if you're not that kind of person, but it is not inefficient. It's not inefficient yeah. at all. Like, like I always say, it's kind of a pay me now or pay me later. You think you don't have time for feelings? Oh, you're getting them later. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to show up. Yeah, and if you get them out on the table at the beginning, yeah, you know, it's going to be a lot easier. And this isn't, when I say getting the feelings out, this isn't, you know, conflict. You may have to deal with that, which is a separate issue, but this is just, it's okay to be transparent as a leader and say, I miss you guys. I'm, I'm finding this really hard. And I would just be open about it. It's one of the things we say in selling with noble purpose, tell the team, we got to still hit our number and I want to infuse meaning and purpose in this work. And I'm trying to do both. And I'm an imperfect human, but I'm trying to make this work. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I think from a manager's perspective, and when you are supposed to be the coach, I think there might be there might be sort of a I don't know if it's a conflict or if it's a fear to go from from sort of managing performance mm -hmm. into becoming what might be seen as almost a life coach or a personal coach. When you start getting mm -hmm. into personal things in your coaching sessions, I think there's managers might feel uncomfortable there. So so any any take on that? How, how personal do you have to get to be uh, empathetic uh, without sort of, because also from the, 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 the per salesperson side, I guess there is a fine line to how, how personal you want to get yeah. your manager. And it really is on the salesperson's deciding how personal yeah. they want to get. And I want to sure. delineate something here mm -hmm. in the role as a coach. So if you tell me I am really struggling here with my teenager and they're having all these problems, it's not my job, nor do I have the expertise to coach you on that. What I can do is lean in and say, oh, man, that sucks. Mm -hmm. I feel for you. I feel for you. God, that's got to be so hard. Is there anything 
that we can do in the work setting that might make this easier for you to manage or, or yeah. better? Is there anything we can do? Mm-hmm. And there probably, there may be, there may not be, there may be, I yeah. need a couple days off. There may be, I need to change my hours, whatever. I'm not coaching you on solving your problem with your teenager. Yeah. You know, unless I have some particular expertise. In fact, right. just, <laughs> in fact, you probably don't want coaching on that. So my job is to coach you on the skills of your job. I'm only going to offer advice on your teenager if you ask me. Yeah. So, hey, you had a teenager. What's that's like? Then I might tell you, you know. Yeah. But if you just share with me, I'm really struggling with this. All mm-hmm. I have to do is say, man, I see you. I hear you. That's got to suck. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I don't have kids myself. I know I was a horrible teenager. So I imagine that sucks. I do actually have kids, but but you know what I'm saying? Like you yeah, don't have to say yeah, I've yeah. been there. I mean, all you have to say is, "Man, that sucks." I see you. I'm thinking yeah. about you. That's all you have to do, and then say, "You know, is there anything in work that we can do to make it better?" And then say, "Well, it is now still a good time for mm-hmm. us to go to this topic. Are you good with that? Mm-hmm. Or if it's not a good time, we'll reschedule. Yeah. Okay, then let's go." And let's go. So now what happens is I, the other person, this big thing that's bothering me, you've seen it, you've heard it. We don't have to solve it. Yeah. Yeah. No. Good point. Now I can kind of calm down and go to the work. Or maybe I can tell you, I can't see straight. Right. This is not going to be a good meeting. Mm -hmm. Can we do it another day? Okay. If I'm the manager, I'd rather know that now. Yeah. Definitely. But more than likely, I mean, I remember I came back to work after I lost my mother. And my boss at the time was like, man, gave me a big hug in person <laughs> and said, man, I am so sorry. Do you, are you ready to be back at work? And I said, yeah, I am. He goes, well, know that I'm thinking about you. Are you good to go with this? Yeah, I am. And then I can kind of lean into that because uh-huh. my feelings are there. We think that acknowledging the feelings will make them bigger. It doesn't. Mm. Not acknowledging the feelings makes them bigger. Acknowledging the feelings actually gives the person clarity and they can calm down. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. And if we go back to sympathy versus empathy, Mm -hmm. um, I have a feeling that salespeople might be scared of empathy because they believe that they might come across as being sympathetic instead, like they're feeling sorry for someone instead of being curious about their situation and how they can help. You know, and that's a good example. And the two gay, two things I just gave were leaning towards sympathy, you know, and all these emotions are not like in these discrete, you right. know, blocks. Yeah. But if you, an example that you might use in sales is if the client is telling you, oh, we have this is huge problem with employee engagement. You don't have to go, oh man, that's so bad. Because yeah. I might be able to help you with that. <laughs> Instead, yeah. I want to go, that's a real challenge. What do you think you want to do about that with some energy in my voice? Mm-hmm. You know, like that's mm-hmm. a real challenge. I bet that that's all landed on your desk. You're the head of HR. Everybody thinks you're going to solve this problem with a pen stroke. How yeah. are you going to handle what? What? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about how you're going to handle that. Maybe I can help you. Mm-hmm. But then and and the empathy in sales is the orientation of the conversation is around the customer's challenge, problem, opportunity versus the orientation of the conversation being around me. Yeah. That's the key difference in sales. Mm. The orientation also, is around the customer. And 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 this the interesting thing with this is this is nothing new, right? 
This is not something that happened the last 10 years that all of a sudden yeah. we came up with this idea we should be listening to a client. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we've no. always wanted to be heard. We're open to getting help, I think. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. they wouldn't have taken the sales call. Right. Yeah, you're so easy. If you're a seller, you're easy to avoid now. <laughs> <laughs> Very easy. <laughs> one, one, one thing, I, I interviewed um, a person for the blog, and he said, uh, Minter Dial was his name, and he said something interesting that there's a difference between feeling empathy and sort of conveying empathy. Yeah. But, you can feel a lot of empathy. Like I feel, I, I, you tell me something, I can sort of embody that feeling. But unless I can communicate back to you in a way that makes you understand that I've heard it, heard you, and and I I feel you, and I can uh, relate back that I have, then you're not being heard. There is a feeling. It's more challenging on Zoom, and so the feeling is part of it. But you're right in that. When I, you, we've all had that moment when someone goes, so the real challenge is this, 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 and you go, yes. Yeah. And then we're together. So the seller's ability to articulate it back. And I, I want to say something, we say that this isn't new and it's not new. This is a human dynamic. I mean, read any of the religious texts, they'll all, you know, written eons ago. They'll tell you about this, but I'll tell you what is new. What is new is when everything closed down and nobody was taking sales calls, customers are making a choice about who to let back in the door. Yeah. And what is new is if you've ever gone through a situation like um, a divorce, a death of a parent, a health scare, you have this reflection time where you think, who am I? Why am I here? What yeah. really matters? Yeah. And so what's happened now is everyone's gone through that at the same time. We've had this pause and we've said, who am I? Why am I here? And one thing that people have universally decided, sellers, customers, everybody, as humans, we've all decided, I don't have time for bullshit conversations anymore. Hopefully. <laughs> most like, people have decided that, like, yeah. I'm not wasting my time yeah. on unimportant things anymore. I had yeah. all this time at home. I got to think. I got to watch all these movies on Netflix. And yeah. now I've really had some deep thinking. And so what customers are coming out of COVID asking is, are you here to close me? Or are you actually here to help me? Yeah. And so that has that was the case in sort of um, a low-level way. Mm-hmm. It's become really super explicit, like the head of HR who says what was acceptable in an in-person call is intolerable. Yes. Zoom. And so yeah. we just did a course for LinkedIn learning, selling with empathy during uncertain times. And it's become wildly popular mm-hmm. because it was always a hallmark of top sellers and top organizations that they operated with a level of empathy. Now yeah. it's become table stakes. Mm-hmm. If you don't have it, you're going to be shut out. Yeah. Now, I thought that was a very interesting quote you shared. And, and maybe it also has to do with the uh, the human connection being in part physical. Like we have these yeah. uh, mirror neurons and when we are actually in front of each other, we can feel a connection, uh, yeah. which is lost on Zoom. So we have less of that connection and it really needs to be very clear verbally uh, and, and yeah. visually that we are in it for the customer. For the, yeah. And so you need to be absolutely explicit. So like that, yeah. that 
question that I posed to you early, imagine you're a head of HR. When I come in and I say, a lot of customers in your space are experiencing this issue. And oh, by the way, this isn't like some product loaded manipulative thing I'm trying to do here. It's authentic. A lot of people are experiencing this issue. I read online that you said this, how's that going for you? Mm-hmm. That immediately tells the other person, I've done my homework and this is a conversation about you. And yeah. and again, they took your sales call. So yeah. They could have said no. So they're a little bit interested already. And yeah. so to say, let's talk. And even if the customer comes to you and says, well, I was really interested because you have this product about this. Say, I'd love to talk to you about that beforehand. Let's talk a little bit about why you might have been interested in that, what the issues are going on inside your company that that might make us helpful to you. Then I've, again, I've shifted the emotional center of the sales call from me to them. And that's where it should be. That is absolutely where it should be. And it, and it is no different from, we've all had conversations with family members or at parties where the person is about them. Yeah. And if they're entertaining and wonderful, it might be a great conversation, but it's still about (laughs) them, not you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I completely, and it's, it's very it's very much a human nature thing. I believe we we feel true empathy is 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 obvious. I believe. Yeah, yeah, and and I think you have made an important distinction here that I hope people are taking away. Is empathy doesn't always mean I'm empathizing with your bad situation. Empathy is also when you're with a customer and they think, and they're saying things like, well, I think we could do this and this. And you're like, oh my God, you could do that. I am all in for it. Oh my God. And that would mean so much for you. And that would be so awesome for you. And I'm all in to help you. That's also empathy. Yes. And then that's where the, uh, I think the curiosity comes out. You have to be curious, you have to be in that state of mind and you have to have that business savvy to understand what they're telling you, right? (laughs) Yeah. In order to be curious. If you don't have the business acumen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, great points. So we could talk all day. It's, it feels like about this topic, but we're sort of out of time. So we'll we'll start rounding off. Uh, I'm sure there are many listeners that found this intriguing and want to learn more about you and your books and your work. Where where could they find you? So our our biggest body of work is around selling with noble purpose. So if you Google selling with noble purpose, you'll find our website. The other thing that you can do is you can follow me on LinkedIn. Because we do a number of things on LinkedIn. We have the Work on Purpose newsletter, mm-hmm. which is a lot of, we talk about empathy and, and other subjects about sales performance and that. And we we'll also do a LinkedIn Live every Friday at 1 p.m. East Coast, New York time. And it's totally free. And sometimes I interview people, but we're always talking about how you can harness the the emotional and psychological elements of humanity and use them to go to the next level in business. Beautiful. That's fabulous. And I hope many will do that, will follow you and buy your books and learn more about this super important topic. So thanks a lot for joining us today. It was such a pleasure. (laughs) And Empathetically uh, yours. (laughs) Well said. Thank you. Likewise. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I'll see you online. Thanks. Thanks a lot. See you soon. 